Hi, you are listening to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. And I'm your host, Abigail Gazda. All right, we are going to get started here. Thank you for joining us today, you guys. I am too excited to bring you one of my dear, dear friends, Corey Cortez. He's amazing. He is, um, just to share a little bit of background, Corey and I went through our accomplishment coaching program, which is a coach training program. It's a leadership program, and that's exactly who this man is. He is a friend, a colleague. I consider him a brother, but really, he is a global leader. And I was just talking to him, wondering where he's at these days. I'm, I'm in the near west side. And uh, I thought he was referring to like kind of the west side of Chicago, but that's actually the neighborhood he's in, near west side. Correct. And so we met in Chicago and who Corey is, is this like bright light, first of all, but he is an inspiration because when I'm, Corey, are you 24. No, I'm 26, actually. 26, okay. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you guys, I got to call myself out because you're 24 in the program. Time flies when you're having fun. I'll tell you yeah. that much. We met each other when I was 24. Yes, exactly. And so yeah. I saw this, this like young black male stand up and be like, I am starting this program, and I'm going to inspire all the men that are up to stuff and like making it and doing things. I believed every word he said. And because I know he meant it. And so he's doing exactly all the things that he said he would do. And I see him as such an inspiration for anybody really trying to make it and achieve dreams and impact the world while doing it. So Corey, thanks for joining us. I appreciate that. Thank you, Abigail. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. Happy to be on the show. Awesome. And so, you know, Corey, I'm watching you from afar. You guys, it's 2018. I think most of us keep up with our friends and colleagues through social media. I hate to say it that way. And I always invite you guys to pick up the phone to contact your peeps. But Corey, I've been following you from afar on social media and I see you speaking. I see you coaching. Like what, uh, what are you up to these days? Yeah. I mean, just that, you know, really, playing with the different gifts that I've been so fortunate to have in, you know, my early 20s, um, cultivating these gifts, challenging my gifts, really just kind of exploring who I am as well within my own identity as a coach and as a leader. Um, so if that means I'm doing workshops here in the city from a professional or personal development um, standpoint, you know, I've done many of those. I've done speaking events um, at some of the larger events in Chicago. One in particular is the Chicago uh, Black Women's Expo, which mm-hmm. for any uh, person knows, this is one of the largest um, black entrepreneur events that they help, uh, hold in the Entrepreneur Center of McCormick Place. Uh, I spoke there about a couple months ago. It was a great event. And other than that, you know, I recently just moved to a, a new area here close by the United Center, as you mentioned before. Um, so kind of just, you know, again, playing with my magic, um, dwelling in it and, and hoping that I can be a service to other people. Mm. I love you sharing that. I'm, I'm so related because, you know, we, we went through the coach training program and it's, it's largely meant to develop you as a coach and you yeah. learn all those cool things. And out of it, I, I lo- you're playing with your gifts. You're playing with your magic. I think that people, especially our listeners here, are getting a sense that they're great and really starting to play with their own magic. What sort of like guidance, tips, tricks do you have, like what you were touching on right there? We all have 
special talents, right? You know, we, we all have strengths, so we all have gifts. But for a lot of us, we don't necessarily know how to access those. Um, you know, we may get glimpses of them where we're like, ooh, that seemed, you know, important to me, or that was something special that I did or that I might find unique. But for a lot of us, because we don't spend enough time in them, those gifts can just be small glimpses or small moments that we really don't connect to. So to other people, they've been like, oh, you are a great singer or you are a great speaker or you're a great writer. Because we don't actually cultivate those gifts, a lot of those gifts really just go underdeveloped. So for someone like me, you know, I growing up, I always heard that, oh, you're motivational, or you're inspirational, or you're a great speaker, all this stuff. And, you know, sure, I, I believed it, but if I never was given the opportunity to actually, you know, again, grow those or groom them um, so that I have ownership over it. It's something that I, I really don't think I would have been able to harness um, at such a young age. So again, I'm 26 and I know there's people who are younger than me that are amazingly talented that had had the ability to tap into that i also know some people who are older who are still kind of struggling to find what those gifts are mm -hmm. so i always like to say that there's no true timeline for when you can step into your power but it's really you know the point of change for you starts to happen when you start to get curious about the powers that you have and and you know surround yourself around other people that really want to see those brought to light mm. And so what do you want to tell our listeners? Because I think they're probably just chewing on everything you're saying. Like, you, I want, like, is there any, ooh, oh, like, I love, I'm hearing you, and I'm sorry, I'm tripping up on you because it's like, guys, go do what you sense you're great at or listen to those comments. I don't know about you guys, but before I got how great I was or, like, saw other people's greatness, if someone would compliment me, I'd be like, ah, oh, yeah, thanks and brush that off. And I think that's kind of what you were leaning on is like, we don't actually spend that time to develop. So what do you got yeah. to say to listeners who are just totally hearing what you're saying? Yeah, I, I think one of the first things in uh, developing some of the gifts that you have is surround yourself with people who are positive and not necessarily people who are going to, you know, coach you or mentor you. I think that's the second step. But the first step you need to be is you need to feel safe with the gifts. You know, sometimes, you know, there, there may be envy or jealousy um, amongst your friends or your, your peers, even your family, who may see you with a, something special, but they may not actually give you the courage to step out and start developing those. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that was one of the things that I had early on was I just had support, you know, um, from friends, from, you know, mentors, from, from, from people who just saw me using my gifts that felt some type of way about it. And because they felt inspired by it, they wanted me, they wanted me to step into it more. So I think that first thing, and I, I don't even want to go into the other things yet, but I think that first thing is really just finding positive support uh, to, to get you out of your comfort zone. Oh, thank you for that. Because, you know, Hearts Unleashed is all about having people <laughs> living with their heart unleashed. And that's, it sounds exactly like a great first step for anybody. And yeah. so if someone is, they've caught on, they're, they're stepping into their positivity and uh, hanging out with positive people and getting all this courage, like... I kind of heard these things like, what would you say that second step is? Well, the second step too is not being afraid of it. Just to take a, a quick step back. So uh, although I've had support throughout, you know, a lot of my life, um, you know, I grew up in a, a family where, you know, I was raised by most of my life, a single mother. Um, I had a stepfather that came into my life in the later parts of my teenage years. But early on, it was really just my mom, my brother and myself. Mm -hmm. So we, we learned a lot through watching her you know, be independent, be a go-getter, you know, accomplish things by herself. And that 
way of being for her was almost translated to the way I, I began to operate in the world. I started to see myself as the Lone Ranger, where if it wasn't coming from me, you know, it wasn't coming from nobody. Yeah. And, and that, that, type, that type of mentality works to a certain degree. But when you really are trying to step into something that you've never done before, like step into your gifts, like starting a business, like, you know, creating new opportunities for other people, that's going to require support. And I think that goes to, you know, my second point is, you know, outside of having people around you, you got to be able and able to receive some of that positive support around you to really feel like, you know, you're capable of doing it. Yeah. So, you know, those, those are the two biggest pieces. Again, having having the people around you, because again, not everybody's privileged enough to have, you know, family or friends. You know, a lot of people are out there right now who feel like it's just them. Yeah. You know, who feel like they, they don't know who they can reach out to that's going to listen to them and actually give them something positive. Um, and then, you know, on the flip side of that coin, you got people who you have other people who are in your life right now where they want to support you. They, they, they want to be there for you. But, you know, you have this resistance to um, kind of push them away because you're not ready to accept that support. Yeah. And what's that about? Like, because I think we all have some flavor of that. And um, for me, that like, I know when you mentioned that, what came up for me was with my resistance was like, uh, the Lone Ranger thing, like I got this. And then if, if someone else has to help me, then I'm not good enough or strong enough or powerful enough. Like, right. what is that? <laughs> yeah, exactly what you just said. It, it's the story that we tell ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. You know, especially when you're comfortable or you're used to doing things a certain way. All of a sudden, you're now expected to lean on other people for that support. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, un- that's uncomfortable. And um, that lone rage and mentality really is based in fear. Mm-hmm. It's, it's in this fear um, that you'll, you know, either be abandoned or the fear that that support's not good enough or maybe you're not good enough for the support. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a million different stories that we tell ourselves, but I think that's really what it is all about is, you know, we're uncomfortable being vulnerable around other people. Mm-hmm. Because let me tell you, in the beginning, it's, it's, it's not going to be pretty. You know? <laughs> it's it's going to be ugly. It's going to be sloppy. It's going to be, you know, kind of a, a, jum- a jumbled mess. And, you know, it does take the right support system for you to actually go out there and do things. Because some people say they want to be there for you. But, you know, we, we've all had those experiences where, you know, they're there for you, but then all of a sudden they're not. So it, it, it truly does, you know, depend on how you receive support and also, again, the, the type of support that you have around you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I couldn't agree more. And guys, just to kind of piggyback off of what Corey was saying is you got to be willing to receive it. And you've also got to be willing to make a mess of it because there's, there's an amazing book that we read during our program called the last word on power by Tracy Gross. And man, did it make a difference. And just to put that book in short, it is about executives who have succeeded living a certain way their whole life. And the Lone Ranger way is certainly a way to be. And um, you will max out on your greatness. You, there's a certain capacity you don't get to reach without team and without support. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. You know, I, I call it sometimes, you know, the, the empty, cups, in, empty cup syndrome. Yes. You know, when that cup is filled, you know, you've got so much to give, you've got so much to offer. But one thing we don't realize is as we're giving, that also means that we're, we're taking away from ourselves. Mm-hmm. And if we don't have somebody pouring into us, a.k.a. giving us that support, giving us that courage, giving us that validation, we start to train ourselves. So mm-hmm. when the, the empty cup syndrome comes, when you, you basically are trying to give from something that you, you no longer have. 
And yeah. not, not only is that going to become a problem for you, but the person that you want to receive it, you know, it, it may not be the best for them either. I got to visually, as you shared that, like we have an empty cup, someone's attempting to pour in it and we're putting our hand over the cup. Like, no, no, you, I don't, none of yours or whatever. And so guys open up to that receiving. It's so amazing. Yeah. And you know, Corey, yeah. I wanted to um, ask you, so you're speaking, you're making all these appearances, you're doing this stuff. I'm so interested. What is your message? My message really falls on the three pillars of my coaching, which is, you know, first clarity. I I want people to get clear. It sounds a little ambiguous. It doesn't really make sense. But just think about how many people in our life are right now walking around either confused or misguided or misdirected or unsure or uncertain. And then there's so much fog going on in their head that the decisions that they're making aren't coming from a clear place. So that's, that's the first message. I really want to be able, as a coach and as a speaker, to first listen. Um, and and it's, it's ironic, right? Because you would think a speaker comes in there and they, they motivate the masses and they, they tell all these great stories. But truly what I want to be as a speaker is I want to be able to actually listen to the audience. I, I want to I understand where they're coming from. But then I think what, what powerful speakers do the best is they ask great questions. Um, and they ask questions from a place of deep listening. And that's something that I've been gifted with as well as, you know, I'm patient enough to really understand versus just simply respond what's going on. So that's, that's my first goal is I, I really want as uh, my, you know, my message to be you know, clear and, you know, un, uh, relatable. But then that second part is just overall getting people recommitted to themselves. You know, that's the second C of my coaching is commitment. You know, a lot of us are halfway in, halfway out, one foot in, one foot out. You know, we'll, we'll commit for a week, but then we're out of it next week. And we, we see our results kind of going like this. Mm-hmm. So in our, our mood and our emotions tend to match that, right? Yeah, when, we're, when we're in it, when we're doing it, we're good, we're good. But as soon as we let go, we're down, we're down, we're down. And all of a sudden, we don't want to do it anymore. We're just stuck. And here we are. A lot of people are just kind of living at this stuck plateau because they truly haven't committed themselves, first of all, to themselves. Mm-hmm. And one of the uh, ways I relate that um, to my clients is, I, I put it to him like this. I was like, are you an owner or are you an employee? Meaning when, when you're an owner of a business or if you're an owner of anything, uh, imagine like parents, for example, they own their child when that child is born. You know, when that baby comes out, that is no one else's baby but theirs. <laughs> Unless, you know, obviously you got you to check, make sure that's the right parent. <laughs> but for the most part, you know, you, you own that child. And so you, you do everything. You are responsible for that child, making sure they're they're, they're uh, fed right, make sure they have clothes, make sure they have shelter because you, that's your, your physical possession. But if you're, say, babysitting or if you're just here, you know, watching over a child, you know, sure, you'll watch them for a little bit, but all of a sudden, if they get annoying or if they're too loud or if you just can't control them, what do you do? You're all right, let me call up this parents, man. This kid's got to go. <laughs> so um, that, that's how I try to relate, you know, ownership and commitment to ourselves is like, do you have ownership in your life? Or are you an employee of your life? Mm. Are, you, are you doing things because you're told to do them? Or you feel like you should do them? Mm. Or are you doing things because they feel right to you? Mm-hmm. That, that you're encouraged to do things. That you're motivated to do those things. And, and that's, that's really the commitment that um, I tap into when I, when I uh, share my message with other people. And also when I coach people individually and in workshops. Is I just want to get clear on what your commitments are. Because chances are, if you're not committed to want, uh, anything, really you're not committed to m- many things. Mm-hmm. And so uh, commitment, honestly, is one way for you to access freedom. 
which sounds a little interesting because you would think commitment kind of ties you down and it slows you down. But actually, when you do have more commitment in your life, you, you tend to have greater freedom in your life. Yeah. So that, that's the second piece. And then the last thing I, I am as a coach is, you know, I'm your mirror. I'm your accountability partner. I'm, I'm your motivator. I'm, I'm putting that fire under your ass. So, uh, you know, I, I want to be that person for a lot of other people because, like I said in the beginning, we're not all fortunate enough to have a support system. You know, maybe you struggle with your family or you struggle with your friends. And, you know, support isn't something that you naturally feel like you have. Um, as, a, as a coach, that's probably one of the greatest privileges I have when I work with other people is I just get to be there for them. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I get to just, you know, be a stand for their greatness. I, I get to watch them have breakthroughs. I get to watch them have breakdowns. And then I get to watch them have a breakthrough. You know, <laughs> so that, that's the beauty behind the work that we do is you, you truly are part of someone else's life. And I, I take that, you know, seriously. I, I take that with full responsibility. And altogether, when you just look at the, the three C's, you know, um, you know, clarity, commitment, and then also just, you know, um, you know, cohabitation of just being there as a stand, that there's really that's where the greatness is and, and that's what I get the, the most out of coaching. Yeah. I absolutely love what you laid out there. And like that's your message. Clarity, commitment, the cohabitation. I hear a little bit of like consistency too in there I heard you say that you're their their mirror and their accountability partner like that's beautiful and so that being your message who are you here to tell I mean I think first and foremost you know I'm I'm talking to myself Mm. and it's it's a mirror on the wall because I can't be anything for anybody if I'm not there for myself yes so to be a coach that means there's responsibility I have to myself you know, from a perspective of self-love and, and self-respect and self-healing, you know, I really need to make sure that my cup stays filled because when it does fill, uh, it stays filled, you know, it, it overflows to other people. Yeah. So that, that's my first commitment. My other one is people that I can relate to. So I know there's a lot of people in my community, especially in the African-American community, in the West Side, South Side of Chicago, or just, you know, in the greater community of Chicago um, that really just need to have this voice, have this perspective. You know, some, you know, African-American men um, like myself grew up without a, a main father figure in their life. I'm not saying I'm anybody's father, but I want to act as someone that can be a, a source of guidance and a, a voice of perspective um, for people my age who may feel lost or who may feel confused, um, you know, disconnected from themselves. That, that, that truly is my, my goal as a servant leader mm-hmm. is to serve others. Um, and outside of that, you know, I'd say my target, you know, who, who I get the most opportunity to create and manifest are entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. So I've worked with, you know, creatives. I work with photographers. I work with artists. I work with startup business owners who, you know, have different missions and goals that they set out. But what's interesting is there seems to be a similar pattern that a lot of us follow. And I'm sure you know this, too. Um, <laughs> you know, there, there are many similarities that we all have that you would think that, you can be a 55-year-old successful, you know, white entrepreneur, or you can be a 26-year-old woman who is looking to get her foot in the door in corporate America. You know, although you may be on a totally different path than somebody else, there is still some similarities there between where you are and where someone else is. So, you know, honestly, there really is no specific uh, person that I serve. I'm a servant leader first for myself and for others. But um, really, I think where the the love and the endearment comes is when I can really help be a, a relatable um, serving person for, you know, you know someone who's a minority or someone who's an entrepreneur 
uh, that's kind of my bread and butter. Yeah, I hear you loud and clear. And it's no surprise to me that you want to continue to lead those people. And, you know, I say that a lot about Hearts Unleashed too, is like, I may not be the one to put shoes on people in another country or feed every mouth, but I'm going to unleash every heart that causes that to happen. You know, and I just hear you speaking that true. And something that I want to reference was you notice how you can work with different people, different ages, different industries. And we all have these odd similarities that, you know, synchronize <laughs> together the humanity of us. And um, I think it's just so beautiful because it kind of leads into this next question that I have stirring up in me is I want to shatter the stigma about talking about what's going on with us, right? So I talk to all sorts of different people and I notice we're all kind of dealing with the same thing. However, we may not think that some successful entrepreneur, business owner, you know, a little older or whatever, who seems to have it all together, might not. Or behind the scenes is dealing with some fear or insecurity. And then there's this young, hip, happening young entrepreneur who seems to have it all together some of the same human stuff so like yeah back to just shattering that stigma and I specifically asked you this question in this podcast not any other guest because for me that's who you are I see you as power and like leader and yet behind the scenes we're all human yeah what do you got to say about that well first thing what I'm hearing that too is you know as humans, we all wear masks mm. and we, we all put on a face of success or a, a face of, you know, money or connectivity. But behind all that mask is some sort of vulnerability or some sort of fear that, you know, we really don't have it all figured out. Mm. No one has it all figured out. I don't care if you are, you know, <laughs> been alive for a hundred years and you've traveled across the world. You know, we, we don't know all the answers, you know, the, the world is always changing. Um, and I think that's what makes it really scary for us is as humans, we have this need to know or the need to have the answer right in front of us. <laughs> Otherwise we're like, wait, I don't trust it. Or it's, it's not for me, or let me just go the other way. You know, it's this fight or flight syndrome that, that a lot of us deal with when, you know, we're faced with those scary moments. But I, I truly think that there is a connection that we all share and, and that lies within the essence of humans. Um, and, I, and I talk about this a lot in my upcoming book, which I'll share with you in a little bit. You know, I'm, I'm currently, uh, writing a book right now. And one of the first chapters in that book is uh, the difference between human doing and human being. Mm. And, and, and that, that's something that I'm really excited to share with a lot of people because I think uh, we, we naturally have a tendency as human doers uh, to really just live in autopilot. Mm. AKA kind of putting blinders on. So if there's some type of trauma, if there's some type of, you know, sickness or death or something that we really don't know how to cope with, we have a tendency to either ignore it or we have a tendency just to not deal with it and, and distract ourselves with something else. Um, and we get in this pattern of just human doom, meaning mm. we're not connected to our heart. We're not connected to our emotions. We, we just simply are trying to find the solution to the answers. Um, you know, so for example, at a job, you know, you spend a lot of time doing, you know, it's very task oriented you know, solve this problem. How do I figure out X? How do I make the amount, this amount of money? How do I create this amount in sales? How do I, you know, broadcast this to X amount of people? And, and it's very problem solving. But what happens when you don't have the answers to that problem? You know, what, what, what happens when we have these, you know, 
you know, terrible things that are happening in the world from these, you know, mass shootings at schools or, you know, what's happening in these third world countries or when you have famine or when you have disease, like what happens then? Mm. And I think that's a concept that we really struggle with, but the real connection and the real power comes in being human, mm. which is connecting yourself to your emotions, connect yourself to your mind and your spirit. Or, you know, people who aren't, you know, connected to the spirit, another word I like to use is your essence or, or your, your vibe or, you know, your, you know, your energy. Mm. You know, when, when we can truly connect to those things versus just simply becoming robots to the world, I think there's a lot of healing that comes in that because as humans, we naturally have a need to be connected. That's one of the fundamental things that we all share is we want love. We want vulnerability. Although it's scary, it's something that we still yearn for. But the only way for us to really get that concept is for us to actually be that concept. So that's a, a really interesting topic that I play around with in my book Come, coming soon. Um, you know, I'm, and I'm really excited to share that. Yes, please. I can't wait. And I'm over here like holding back tears about it because you just hit so many truths. Like you were just firing them one after the other. And it's like, <laughs> if anybody wasn't touched, moved and inspired by what you just said, like, I don't know what they're listening to. <laughs> but guys, our need to know will drive us insane. Mm. And, so and yeah, whew, if you could just let go of that need to know. And here's something that's interesting. When you know it all, there is no room for you to learn anything. And it, oh, kills, it kills all curiosity. And when you, when you have this like knowing, uh, like th there's just no room. And so letting go of that stuff and being allowed to be human and saying like, maybe I don't know, or maybe I could learn something new, or maybe I can open up. And there's two directions in which opening up occurs from the inner out so that's the hearts unleashed part speak your truth say what you're dealing with rely on someone like get this stuff out of your body your physical and let it into the world such that it can be heard and then the receiving comes in so the opening up means allowing things inward like we were talking about filling your cup up and it just leads to so many different results in your life because Oh man, Corey, hold on that doing versus being, I got to touch on that one because, <laughs> oh guys, if you are being you and you are doing things that come natural to you, it's not about how do I make this much money? How do I get this job? How do I hit this status? It's what for? Mm -hmm. and, and that takes soul searching. You know, I think a lot of us live at the surface. There's, yeah. there's, there's a reason why we don't have those answers. And that's because for the most part, we're giving the answers, mm. you know, and think about it like when we're taking a test um, and, you know, high school or in college where, you know, the professor comes in, they're like, oh, by the way, I'm going to give you the first half of the, the answers <laughs> to this step, right? <laughs> Who's going to be studying for that exam? Right. You know, you know, we, we just kind of have been programmed in our own way to just expect answers or yeah. to, to get the easy way out. And, and you know, life's not, not, life's not like that. And I, I may be 26, but, you know, I, I've experienced enough in my life to understand, you know, that a lot of the real truths in the world come from discovering yourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, there is no right answer. Mm -hmm. You know, everything, they, it, they've even talked about this in studies, that our brains are so powerful that even if we tell ourselves we're ugly and that we can't have any things, we're right. Yep. You know, we, we can reprogram our brains to believe whatever we want it to believe. Mm -hmm. So that's 
that's the, the crazy paradigm that we're living in is we're, we're all searching for truth, but the truth is truth only exists from what you perceive it to be. Mm. Yes, guys. So, 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 <laughs> you know, I'll say it again, the truth only exists on what we perceive it to be. So when, when you are being in your essence, when you, when you are connecting to yourself, you are, you are living in your truth and nobody can take that away from you. And that, that, that's where the power comes from. That's where the, the, the love comes from. That's where the acceptance and the vulnerability and, and the abundance, you know, once you start tapping into the, the being of yourself versus just simply trying to get by, mm. versus just living your life on a hamster wheel. Yeah. You know, why do hamsters spend so much time just racing and racing and racing on that one wheel? They're going, you know, like giving as much energy as possible, Yeah. but they don't go anywhere. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of us, you know, including myself. I'm, I'm, I'm not, um, you know, in exclusive from this I, i've been a part of this and i still need to you know focus myself on being you know versus doing because i i do have a tendency just to get into a autopilot mode of like okay what's this week looking like let me get as much done as possible oh yeah i did it check off the box check off the box check off the box but yeah. in reality you know i was doing that because it was a fear that i was really just trying to avoid yeah um, and once i can just kind of you know meditate in that fear and understand why i'm having this fear and what that fear is you know, causing me to do, um, it's a, it's a really, really good indicator of, you know, how I'm going to make decisions. Mm -hmm. yeah. And last thing we're going to touch on this too. Uh, some, some people are always asked like, okay, this sounds great. Like, how can I tell whether I'm doing or whether I'm being, or if I'm in autopilot mode. And, and one of the first ways I tell my clients or ask my clients when, um, I feel, they feel that they're in their own, their own way. As I ask them, um, is this based in fear or are you making this decision based in love? Mm. really when you think about it we're only making two choices yeah although it may be complicated and multi-layered you're really doing it for two reasons you're doing it because you're afraid or you're doing it because you love it and the more you can connect to the things that you love you know the responses are going to be different but if you're if you're working that job you know for 40 hours a week and you're just trying to do it so you you know you can make x amount of money truth be told you're just working that job so you can pay the bills but truth be told you're working that job so you don't get fixed that's the fear yeah and, and that's what a lot of us spend that motivation on is you know we spend countless amount of our time just working a, a job but there's no real passion there because you know you're doing it based in fear versus are you working like as a coach i love what i do you know um i i love connecting with people i, I love that so i'm way more motivated to do this work mm -hmm. than i am to sit behind a desk and just you know be yeah. behind yeah. And man, I'm sh like, I can only imagine that, that for listening to you talk for about 30 minutes that people are going to be jumping on an opportunity to work with you, contact you. And um, I want to, I wanted to get to that in just a second, but I really want to talk about that clarity that you provide that that number one pillar of your coaching, because it was just what you were saying. We're digging through life. We're trying to figure out where we want to go, what we want to do. And something that when we're choosing from fear or we're living in a fear-based life, I've met too many people in an introductory call or just on the street or at a networking event. And I'm like, what, what are you doing? What are you up to? What do you want? Mm -hmm. And they, it, most of the conversations about what they don't want yeah. and what they hate or what bothers them. And so like people kind of, I've noticed a pattern of people who aren't living their heart unleashed is that they're really wrapped up in what's like wrong and so they can't even dream yet yeah like they're not even at that level and so 
you, the fact that your first pillar of work is clarity, I just like, I just acknowledge it. I'm so pumped. I can see, I can name 15 people who, who are ready for you, you know? And so hey, how, can send them to me. Out, <laughs> how can people jump out the opportunity to work with you? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I do my best to make myself available. Um, first and foremost, I do have my website, coachcory.org. So if anybody's looking to learn more about me, um, I also have my workshops listed on there as well. Um, I've got a lot of great categories. Um, we've only touched on a couple of them, but if you go to the website, I've got personal development workshops and I've got professional development workshops. Um, both a little bit different. The professional development is more for entrepreneurs and people who have, are trying to get better at being in business. And the other one is more so just connecting to more of yourself and you know creating broader life goals. Um, but that's the first way is that you can reach me from Coach Corey. Also on my Facebook page, I've got my Coach Corey um, Facebook you can find me on there. And then also on my Instagram page, it's coach underscore Corey three, um, spelled C-O-R-E-Y. Um, those are just a, a few ways. But other than that, you know, email um, is coachcorey3 at gmail.com. And then also, you know, I can give out my phone number for anybody looking to set up a, a complimentary coaching call. Awesome. That is so great. And I just want to thank you for being on here. And will you let me know when you're ready to share this book? Because... It's, it's about to be game time. Definitely. And, and just for the people listening, so I, I want to do uh, my book a little different from a lot of other, other books that I've seen out there. Um, you know, one of my mentors who I actually got the rare privilege of meeting in person is Lisa Nichols. Um, you know, I, I've read her books. If you don't know Lisa Nichols, she is an entrepreneur that works with people like Steve Harvey. She's a part of uh, the Oprah Winfrey Network. Um, she actually has a great story herself, but um, you know, she's written countless amount of books. And one of the main goals that she talks about in her books is um, in the digital age, we really have about this much patience and this much, you know, focus on anything. So for her, she has the, the, the readers open up the table of contents first and be like, I want you to connect to something on the table of contents and start with that. Mm. Don't got to read the introduction. You don't got to read the entire thing. But I want, I want you to find something that connects to you and start there. And by the way, if you want to connect to some other things, I've also got some other, you know, juicy content in here as well. So my book, you know, we, we, we touched on human doing versus human being, and that's a very profound concept, but I've got other concepts in the book as well. Um, for example, you know, asking versus receiving is, is a thing on there, you know, um, life, death, and grief is, is another concept that will be in my book, you know, um, the difference between... Uh, you know, six ways of being a successful entrepreneur, you know, there, there's many different topics that are going to be covered in this. So my goal within this book is uh, to give my readers an opportunity to just start where they are. Mm. You don't got to start an introduction, but I want you to figure out where you are within this journey. And hopefully I give you enough topics for you to feel that you connect to. And then once you start reading, this book isn't a, you know, start here and then finish there type of book. You know, you can start anywhere and go back. You can go forward. You can stay at that one topic. So whatever really speaks to you, that's going to be the goal of the book. And, you know, I'm excited for you guys here. Mm, I need to be one of the first. I don't want to be on the wait list. So you love <laughs> And you guys, you can count on me letting you know when that comes out as well. So Corey, my dear, I want to thank you for being on. I want to acknowledge you because, you know, I gave you some acknowledgements. I'm just kidding, but... This was great. Thank you for bringing your knowledge to these listeners, these hearts, and just causing more hearts unleashed in the world because you are like, first off, you guys can't see him because I know this is audio, but that smile, you guys. (laughs) 
He is joy and grace and light and warmth. And it's just beautiful because you shattering the stereotypes, the stigmas, the this, the that, the everything, shattering it and saying, you can be whatever the hell you want to be. You can do whatever the heck you want to do and you can inspire globally. And uh, we need more people like you. I appreciate that. Well, that's why we're here. We're serving leaders. And I definitely received that. I accept it. And I, I do appreciate you having me on the podcast. Um, hopefully we can do this more often. Heck yeah. We'll catch up soon. Keep us awesome. updated about that book. Sounds good, Abigail. I'll talk to you soon. Today's Hearts Unleashed episode is brought to you by Conscious Ink Temporary Tattoos. Of course, these are no ordinary tats. And Conscious Ink is no ordinary tattoo company. In fact, they are not a temporary tattoo company at all. They're a conscious company that utilizes temporary tattoos, hats, and everything they can get their hands on to support people on their path. Conscious Ink Manifestation Temporary Tattoos consist of a dream list of positive words, inspiring quotes, healing affirmations, and empowering invitations. Even at the most basic level, these messages can have a profound effect by simply reminding us of our intentions as we go about our day. Every Conscious Ink Manifestation Tattoo has been thoughtfully designed specifically to convey the essence of the word, quote, or affirmation. I was personally excited to see they have a temporary tat that I permanently have on my ankle. This too shall pass. Another benefit of temporary tattoos is that they do pass. You can change them as often as you change your mood or as you shift from one intention to another. Conscious Ink Tattoos are safe, non-toxic, and exceed the safety standards of the U.S., FDA, Canada, and the EU. Made in the USA, they contain no animal products or test on animals. So be sure to grab your Conscious Ink Tattoo that keeps you on your path and motivated to create a life you love. You have been listening to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. I hope that you found all the inspiration that you needed today and that you take it into your life and take the next action on your dreams. For more information, check out heartsunleashed.com or find me on Facebook at Abigail Gazda and Instagale at Instagram to keep the adventure going. 